Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Uh, got a comment? Email it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net, and you can always follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Before we get into today's show, I do want to remind you about Audible. If you like The Thin Man, you may enjoy The Thin Man book. It's available as an audiobook from Audible, and you can actually uh, get it free when you try Audible out for 14 days. You get a free audiobook, and you get to experience the uh, benefits of the Audible service, which allows you to sample from classics and bestsellers alike. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash oldtimeradio. Well, before we say farewell to Les Damon after this show, I should mention uh, a little bit about him. Uh, he's best known uh, for playing the Falcon in the majority, vast majority, of circulating episodes of the Falcon. Uh, he's in that role, uh, but he's played uh, played other detectives as well, such as Mark Saber of the Homicide Squad over on ABC, and he also played Pat Abbott in The Adventures of the Abbots. Anyway, let's get into today's episode of The Adventures of the Thin Man, this one from 1943 on CBS. It's The Wandering Corpse. Host Posties, or that is Rose Posties, I mean Toast Posties, presents, or presents... Hey, get that name right, my confused friend. It's Post Toasties. Post Toasties. Crisp, delicious Post Toasties present The Adventures of the Thin Man, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon. A basic seven food with whole grain nourishment, Post Toasties. their old friend, Sheriff Ebenezer Williams, ringing the doorbell of Nick and Nora Charles' apartment. Thank you, darling. I didn't expect... Oh, Ev Williams. Howdy, Nori. Ev, darling, come in. Hello. Where's Essie? Oh, she's coming on a later train. And don't let Essie hear you call me darling. <laughs> Everybody's a darling tonight, Ev. This is going to be the most wonderful anniversary Nicky and I ever had. If he remembers about it, the big goon. Well, did he forget? He didn't mention a word about it all day. Oh, well, I reckon he's trying to tease you. You look lovely, Ev. Yeah, I got on my best bib and tucker. I saved these clothes for funerals and weddings. You look mighty spruce yourself, Nori. Do you really think so, Ev? I uh, got this evening gown especially for tonight. Uh, uh, do you like it? You seem to fill it out fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that must be Nicky now. Eb, don't you remind him that this is our anniversary. I want to see if he forgot. What'll he do if he has? Well, I can't make up my mind. Shall I blow his brains out or slit his throat? Oh, slit his throat. Because if you try to blow his brains out, you might miss the target. It being so small. Nicky, darling. Hello, baby. Mm. (laughs) Um... Didn't, um, you forget something, dear? No, darling. Here's a half pound of butter you asked me to bring home. Oh. When I promised the grocer I'd marry his daughter, he let me have it. Oh, hello, Ev. Howdy, Nick. Oh, awfully nice to see you again. What brought you to town? Steam cars. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was something up. Well, there is. What? Oh, I come in to see a fellow's throat slid. Oh, whose? Friend of mine. Oh, 
Well, Nora and I haven't seen an interesting throat slitting in a long time. Can we come along? Yes, be glad to have you. Hey, Nora, what are you all dressed up for? And Ev, you're all dialed up too. Why? For the funeral of the fellow that's going to get his throat slit. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess I better change. I'll see you in a minute. Oh, oh, Ev, he completely forgot. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> See if that package really has got butter into it. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, hell. Huh? It is butter. Well, what you crying for? Butter has its pines. Oh, that big goon. He'll see if I'll ever marry him again. Oh, why do I love a husband I hate so much? Oh, just a minute. Oh, uh, Mrs. Charles? Yes. Uh, I'm Mr. Squiller of Squiller Incorporated. Uh, Flowers for the dead, dying, and married. Where shall I put this? Oh, there's the flowers oh, over there. <laughs> Very well. Uh, uh, do you have a cold? No, I'm allergic to blossoms. Uh, uh, Miss Charles? Yes. May I extend my deepest and heartfelt condolences on this uh, 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 occasion? Oh, well, well thank you. I... What did you say? I saw you crying when I came in. Perhaps he's happier in another world. Mm -hmm. Who can tell? My deepest sympathies, madam. My heart bleeds for you. You'll get my bill in the morning. Goodbye. Allergy in a country churchyard. Look at that bunch of posies he's in. Mm. Wonder if I'm celebrating an anniversary or winning a horse race. Let's see what the ribbon says. Oh, Darling, how do you like the flowers? Aren't they lovely? Beautiful, dear. I'm just mad about the inscription. Rest in peace. Huh? So appropriate for an anniversary. What are you talking about? That their yeah. ribbon, Nick. Couldn't they get you one that said success? Yeah, let me see. <laughs> Lilies, this is a funeral bower. Where are the jewels? What jewels, dear? I bought a necklace and told him to send it with the flowers. You expect me to believe that? But I did. You forgot our anniversary entirely. Oh, darling, don't you see? I did send you flowers. They were delivered here by mistake. But I bought a gift for you, too. You're just making that up. You don't love me anymore. But I do love you. You hear that, Eddie? He's shouting at me now. Oh, I'm going back to the flower shop and find out what happened. You mean you're running out to buy me something? Oh, I know all your little tricks. All right, all right. You can come along. And you can come, too, Eb, as a witness. Maybe that funeral wreath isn't so inappropriate for our wrecked marriage. Rest in peace. Oh, Eb. Oh, please, don't scream at me so. I, I can't bear it, Mr. Charles. It drives me mad. Gesundheit. Oh, look, Mr. Squiller, all I want to know is who got the necklace I left with you. If he left any necklace. Which I'm beginning to doubt. <laughs> Don't confuse me so, please. I'm suffering acutely from allergies. I'm sneezing my brains out. I hardly know what I'm doing anymore. All right, look, I'll make it simple. I got a funeral wreath. Now, you must have delivered my flowers and the jewelry to somebody else. Do you suppose that's what I did? Yes, I do. Probably you sent it to the person who was supposed to get the funeral wreath. Why, of course, I remember now. How perfectly idiotic of me. Yes, well, where did you send my jewels and the flowers? Uh, let me see. Now, oh, here's, here's the card. Mrs. Gwen Gray Gilroy, 1408 East 86th Street. Gwen Gray Gilroy? Nikki. Hmm? Isn't she that showgirl who threatened to commit suicide when you married me? Which one do you mean, dear? <laughs> the one you nicknamed Strikeout, because she had so many curves. Oh. <laughs> 
She called you Sugar Man. Oh, I'm sure it's not the same person. She married a millionaire named Gilroy. I read it in the papers. Nick, have you been sending her flowers and jewelry? Oh, look, what am I getting into here? Nora, this is just a simple mix-up. Probably due to Mr. Squiller's allergy. Uh, I'm so sorry all this happened. My nose is just driving me crazy. Uh, why don't you quit the flower business if you're allergic to flowers? Uh, well, how can I quit when I'm losing money? It's a vicious circle, starting from my nose and ending with my bank account. Believe me, when I think of my troubles, I, I could weep. Oh. Come, Nicky. We're going to Mrs. Gilroy's. And if what I suspect is true, you're going to be dead before morning. Oh, will he really, Mrs. Charles? Yeah, you can depend upon it, Mr. Squiller. In that case, remember where to buy your flowers for the funeral, Mrs. Charles. Just a moment. Why, Sugar Man. Oh, strike out. So, it is her. Sugar Man, you found out about poor Virgil dying and you came back to me. Uh, no, not exactly strike out, this is my wife, Nora. Oh, how do you do? Uh, not as well as you seem to be doing. And this is my friend, Sheriff Ebenezer Williams. Howdy, straight out. Uh, does that coffin contain the remains of your late spouse? Yes. <laughs> now, look, Gwen. There's been a kind of mix-up. Did Mr. Squiller deliver some flowers to you? Yes, Nicky. They're at the head of the casket. Why? Was there a package with them? Well, I don't know. I wasn't here when they arrived. Let's take a look, Nick. Maybe it's with the flowers. Yes, come on. How did he work out as a husband, Nora? Uh, not uh, badly. Don't seem to be here, Nick. I'll open the casket, Ev. Maybe that idiotic florist put it in there. Uh, maybe he was playing treasure hunter. Uh, uh, hey, look. The casket's empty. Uh, Nobody home. What are you talking about? I got your husband's body isn't here. The casket's empty. Virgil gone? Say, that jerk can't do this to me. Mm, too bad Nick didn't send that package by post. Toasties, Ted. Huh? Whenever you say post, follow up quick with toasties. Post toasties. You know, delicious, crisper cornflakes. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about a package. Large or small. You know, Ted, post toasties come in different size packages. Well, sure they do. And my friend, when you always buy the largest package instead of the smallest size, you save up to 17 cents on every dollar spent for post toasties. Now, that's something you can count on, a basic saving. Hey, did you say basic seven? Mm-mm. But, you know, post toasties are a basic seven food, one type of food our government urges us to eat for wartime strength and fitness. Mm-hmm. Post-toasties are a swell source of quick energy with whole-grain nourishment, including iron, niacin, vitamin B1. Well, what do you know? I've been eating post-toasties just because they taste so good. Well, you keep right on, my friend. Enjoy that good, ripe corn flavor, that toasty crispness, that valuable whole-grain nourishment. Mm-hmm. Enjoy post-toasties. A delicious, nourishing, crisper, basic seven food, post-toasties. night's adventure of the Tin Man. Mrs. Gwen Gray Gilroy, known to Nick and Nora as Strikeout, has just found that her husband's body is not in the coffin. We heard her say, Virgil gone? Say, that jerk can't do this to me. 
Maybe he stole the necklace and beat it. He couldn't. He was dead. Are you sure of that, Gwen? Sure, certainly. I saw him croak with my own eyes. Well, somebody stole that necklace. Somebody stole my husband's body. Certainly there's a crook around here, by Godfrey. Well, come on, Eb. We're going to turn this place inside out. I'm sure it's a... Say, here's the body. Where? Behind the sofa. Uh, you must have misplaced it, strikeout. Huh. Well, how did it get there? I reckon he was just hiding to scare us. Say, strikeout. Is that a picture of the deceased? Yes. And he didn't die of disease. Heart attack, the doctor said. Look, Nick. That there ain't a picture of the corpse. Let me see. Oh. Gwen, is that Virgil? No, it's somebody else. Where'd you get him, Gwen? I don't know. Oh, this is awful. Hey, wait a minute. I found something here. What is it, Nick? Another cadaver? No. It's a bill from the Luxury Deluxe Hotel in the seller's pocket. A dollar and 25 cents. For a week's board. Reasonable. Yes. This hotel's down in the Bowery. Sugar man, won't you find poor Virgil's body for me? The funeral's all arranged and I have a lovely black dress already. Never mind about that body, Nick. You'd better find that necklace. If there was one stolen. Uh, Nick, do you think the same crook that stole the body stole the necklace? You've got something there, Ed. We're going to the Luxury Deluxe Hotel right now. Oh, this is awful. This is terrible. No, 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 no. no. Don't take it too hard, strike out. Your husband had to go sometime. That's not why I'm crying. Suppose Virgil is alive. I won't collect a penny. Oh, he's just got to be dead. Good evening, friends. Welcome to the Luxury Deluxe Hotel. No opium smoking and no murder allowed. Oh, a respectable gerent. I thought we was coming to one of these here low dives. Awful disappointing. Well, friends, would you like a room with a window or just a room? Uh, not exactly. You see... Here, my friends. Where'd you get my watch? Oh, that's just to show how honest we are. Don't you recognize me, Nicky? Oh, Dippy Danny, the pickpocket. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I decided to go straight for the duration... My contribution to the war effort. <laughs> Danny, this is my wife, Nora. How do you do? Huh. Are you a very experienced pickpocket, Mr. Dippy? No, I've had my hands in some of the most well-greased pockets in this country. Here's your change, please. Oh. oh, thank you. And this is my old friend, Ed Williams. Howdy, Dippy. Hello, son. Here's your wallet. Miss Dippy looks... So... Good, how do you do it? I'll show you later if you want to know. Uh, hey. How you got in that sheet over your shoulder, son? All right, Ed. Put him down there and uncover him. Okie, baby, dokie. She does it. You recognize him, Danny? Kind of stiff, huh? Yeah, I know him. Who is he? Fellow named Joe Jones. Died here three days ago. Oh, we found him in a swanky apartment uptown. How'd he get there? Well, it's kind of a queer story. A dame come in and wanted a dead body. What? Yeah. She wanted to rent one. I told her I had one, so I rented them to her for two bucks. Is, is renting bodies part of your regular line of business here? No, but I don't mind picking up a little spare change now and then. A fellow needs it, you know, what with taxes. Yeah, sure. What else do you know about this woman? Well, she rented a room here. It's right down the hall. Uh, you want to see it? Yes, I certainly do. Uh, what's her name? Mrs. John Smith, she says. Uh, you think she was lying, Nick? What does she look like? I couldn't see. She was wearing a black veil. Uh, here's the room. Oh, it looks like an ideal honeymoon suite for a couple of zombies. Oh, look, Nick. Well, say, what do you know? That's the body of Strikeout's husband. Yes, and he's been struck out, all right. But good. Here, look at the eyes, Ed. 
He's been poisoned. Murdered by Godfrey? I knew it. Can't we ever have an anniversary without a murder? Nora, you and Ev go home. There's some checking up I want to do. I'll be there in an hour. All right, Nick. I'll be glad to get out of this terrible place. Wait a minute. Did you say he was poisoned, Nick? Yes, Danny. Why? He should have known better. It's against the rules of the hotel. The only way we'll find out who stole that necklace is by solving this murder. I'd like to have a nice, cozy talk with Stryker. Oh, no, you don't. Not on my wedding anniversary. But, uh... Well, Ed, do you think you can find out what I want to know from Stryker? Sure thing. You know how I handle women, Nick. (laughs) All right, Ed. You get her to tell you everything she can about Bart and Bellows. Yeah. She's been seen around with him. Find out if she's got a black veil and find out just what happened when her husband died. All right, I'll go right now. Then be careful, Ed. Strikeout can be dangerous when she's cornered. I'll keep her away from corners then. See you later, Nick. Bye. Who are you calling, Nick? Barton Bellows, maybe. Oh. Oh, uh, are you Mr. Bellows' maid? Yeah. Are you happy working for Mr. Bellows? Well, I don't know. Why? Well, my name's Nick Charles. Uh, maybe I can offer you a better job. Do you like it there? Well, Mr. Bellows ain't married, so we don't have a wife who'll let me wear a fur coat like in the last job I had. Oh, but... Well, my wife would let you wear hers. Can I speak to your wife? Why, sure. Nora, right. hmm? get her to quit a job right now. Not only is it necessary, but we can also get a maid. Oh. Hello? Your husband says I can wear your fur coat if I wait for you. Well, of course. What kind of a coat do you got? Persian lamb. Oh, Persian lamb. I can get lots of jobs with a Persian lamb coat. Oh, but I, I also have a mink coat. Oh, mink? Uh. That's more like it. How much will you pay? Well, how much do you get? Thirty dollars a week. I'll give you forty. Yes. Also, can I have my boyfriend in Saturday night? Yes, of course. That's the kind of a job I want. Then you must quit right now and come over here. The address is 409 Park Drive. Okay, I'll be there right away. Uh, I, uh, I hope you don't think it's odd, my stealing you from Mr. Bellows over the phone this way. Oh, no. That's how he got me. It's wonderful being a maid these days, Mrs. Charles. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, you've got a maid. So now what? Now, Nora, you're going to find out a few things about Barton Bellows for me. You are going to be a Swedish maid applying for a job. Oh, you mean a vain girl who scrubs clean like anything by Jumpen Himmeny? Good evening. Are you Mr. Bellows? Yes. A. Bain, expert Swedish maid, cook, housekeeper, nurse, a laundress, and dishwasher. A. Have used to quit a job and told my madam to go to... <clears throat> um, maybe you have a job for me? Do I have a job for you? Come right in. You were sent from heaven. No. A. Come from Brooklyn. I mean, my maid just quit. I need someone to take care of my house. I'll pay you anything you want. Oh. Is that picture of your wife... Well, no, not exactly. This beautiful woman, she writes, to Barton, the one and only in my life, all my love, Gwen. <laughs> if she's not your wife, why does she love you? Well, she's, uh, 
kind of a friend of mine. I'm not married. Oh, not married? Eh, and not married, too? Well, I hope you'll like this job. I'll do anything you want to make you happy. Will you marry me? Well, uh, no. Eh, think a girl. No, no, please. Eh, I mean, I'll be nice to you. That won't be hard. You're uh, very pretty. You think so? Yes. Oh, uh, I think maybe a say. Ah, look at this drawer, so messy. Full of old letters. Oh, what are you doing there? They must see if you pay your bill. It don't work for a man who does not pay his bill. Ah, here is interesting letters. Dearest Barton, I don't think poor Virgil can live very much longer. The old goat is due to kick the bucket soon, and we can get Here, married. Here, give me that. It is from that Gwen. So you want to marry her? Well, that's none of your business. Their A work, everything is my business. Aha. You have a little bottle here, a little bottle of pills. I wonder what they are. Yes, don't open that. Please take your hands off me or I smack your face. Yeah. Here is your bottle of pills. I don't think they would be so good for me anyway. I, I think you'd better leave. I'm afraid I can't use leave. it. Leave? You best by him and he leave. They will not work such a filthy place. Look at these dishes. You better tell me all you know about it, Strikeout. This is murder. You can go to jail for that, by Godfrey. Have you told the police yet? No. Don't tell them, maybe. I'm sure they'll suspect me. You will be a nice little boy and not mention a word about it. Well, it ain't easy to keep a thing like this secret. I know, but won't you do this with poor little me? If you kept a thing like... Don't you misplaced your arm, Strikeout? Oh, don't misunderstand, Eddie. I'm just holding you because I'm frightened. No. You're just like my daddy. You know what he used to do when I was frightened? Don't knock my derby off. What? He used to hold me in his arms like this and then kiss me like this. Your daddy done that? Mm-hmm. Sweet papa. You're sweet too, Eddie. You won't call the police. Will you, Daddy? Uh, well, I reckon I'll think about it. Uh, where's your clothes closet, Strike Out? There. Why? Uh, I just want to take a look. Oh. You wear this black veil very much? What do you want with that veil? Hello, darling. I... Oh, I see you have company. Barton, I didn't hear you come in. Ed, this is Barton Bellows. Howdy, Barton. Hello. When I've got to talk to you. And i got to see you, too. They found Virgil's body. I'll open it. Hello, Ed. Why, Nori Nick. Come in, Jim. Ed, uh, your lipstick smeared. <laughs> I reckon I got that comforting strike out here. Sugar man, you won't let him call the police, will you? Just wait a day until I see my lawyer. Strike out, is that man Barton Bellows? That's him. The Swedish maid. Say, what is this all about? You'll find out in a minute. Mr. Bellows, you better sit down. Sugar man, what are you going to do? Strike out, who was here on the night that your husband got killed? Just Barton and me and Virgil. Why? When did he die? About nine o'clock. We had brandy in this very room. And Virgil stood up and collapsed. What did he do with the body? Barton put a sheet over him. I was hysterical, so Barton gave me a sedative and I went to bed. Okay. 
Ed, hmm. did you find anything here? Yeah, this black veil, Nick. Just like the time that your pal Dipper sees. Nicky, sugar man, what's the veil got to do with all this? Gwen, the person who murdered your husband tried a very slick trick. The killer obtained the body of a man who died naturally and put it under that sheet to deceive the examining doctor. Your husband's body was hidden in the luxury deluxe hotel in the bar inn. It was hidden there by a woman who wore a black veil, Gwen. The killer had only one problem. The bodies had to be exchanged again. The poison man's body would have been buried and nobody would even know your husband was murdered, Gwen. Isn't he brilliant? Only one thing went wrong with this almost perfect murder, Gwen. The killer planned to change the bodies tonight. But after the corpse of the Bowery derelict was removed from the coffin, there was an interruption. Flowers arrived. The flowers that were sent here by mistake. So the killer quickly hid the corpse behind the sofa. Well, how do you know that? I checked with Mr. Squiller, the florist. He heard something being moved about just before he came in. Now, whoever moved that corpse is the killer. Now, Gwen, the elevator boy said you left word when you went out to let Mr. Squiller in with the building's pass key. That sounds like a good alibi, but can you prove you were out of the house at that time, Gwen? You're not going to get away with this. Grab it, Nick. She's going for that drawer. I got those Get up. Stand back, all of you. First one to make the move to touch me is going to get killed. I'm getting out of here. I... Oh, lights. Who's getting off the lights? Nick, don't let her get away. No, let go. Go, go. Yep, light a match. Okay. Nora, turn on that switch. That one over there. All right. Ed, take this gun and cover Bellows. Do the kill if he tries anything. Are you crazy? She was trapped and she committed suicide. The gun's still in her hand. She shot herself. Nicky, is she dead? No, baby. It's just a flash wound. She'll be okay. Phone the police and tell them to send an ambulance. All right. Bellows, you're under arrest for murder. You don't know what you're talking about. Her attempt to kill herself proves she's guilty. You see Gwen's wristwatch? The crystal doesn't get crushed when you try to commit suicide. It got crushed when you grabbed her arm in the dark and twisted it and turned the gun on her. You murdered her husband. Nor got one of the poison pills you used when she went to your apartment. You'll never be able to prove this. I got proof already, pal. For instance, you're the only one that would be familiar enough with this room to know where the light switch is. And what's more, you left fingerprints all over that room at the Hotel Luxury Deluxe when you come down there in the dress and clothes that you stole from Gwen. Yes, what else have I done? You stole your necklace, Nick. Yeah, here it is. Where'd you get that? Out of your pocket. Why, Eb, I didn't know you were a pickpocket. Oh, I got Danny the Dipper to show me how to do it. (laughs) Well, that about clinches it, Bellows. That proves you were here when the flowers arrived. You murdered Virgil Gilroy because you wanted to marry Strikeout after she inherited his dough. And stop shivering, Bellows. You'll be warmed up soon enough. When you pull the covers up, darling, it gets chilly. Okay. Is that better? Mm Mm-hmm. What made Barton Bellows steal the necklace? Well, he got cold feet when he was interrupted by Swiller. He figured it would come in handy if he had to clear out in a hurry and need his money first. Hmm. Why'd Strikeout pull that gun? Well, she thought she was being framed and she lost her head. Hey, does that clear up everything? Mm-hmm. Darling, it was a lovely anniversary. Even if we did have to celebrate rather late. Uh-huh. Should we go to sleep, dear? No. Let's stay up and remember old times. That's what people should do on anniversary. Oh, but Nora, I want to sleep. You didn't feel that way on our wedding night. No. Mm. You're getting old, Nicky. Who's getting old? <laughs> I can stay awake forever if I want to. Me getting old? It's <laughs> ridiculous. I can stay up all night for a week if I want to. I just... You want to know. You're fibbing. You can't. Okay, I'll show you. Let's talk about 
Anything you want to, as long as you want to. Nikki, do you remember what you said when I first met you? Mm-hmm. What did you say? Well? Nikki. Nikki, are you sleeping? Very good. Good night, Nikki, darling. Wake up in the morning, they'll be ready for breakfast. So I'll just slip out the kitchen and see what's there. Mm-hmm. The icebox is cream, milk, pears. Oh, yeah, there it is, right up there on the pantry shelf. Post Toasties, all the makings for a swell breakfast dish. Crisp Post Toasties with juicy, ripe, sliced pears on top and rich milk overall. Mm, boy, these delicious cornflakes taste so good and stay so crisp. Why, there's a wake-up smile in every tempting spoonful. Yes, and post-toasties are a swell source of quick food energy and valuable nourishment. Whole grain nourishment, including iron, niacin, vitamin B1. Mm-hmm, post-toasties are one type of cereal nutritionist day we should be sure and eat every morning. Yes, a breakfast including fruit, milk, toast, a beverage, and a generous helping of post-toasties is a nourishing, adequate breakfast. One that'll help prevent mid-morning fatigue, help promote good spirits and real working efficiency. So keep that in mind, won't you? And tomorrow, well, every morning, help yourself to get off to a good start with a really good breakfast, including Post Toasties, a delicious, crisper, basic seven food. Mm-hmm. Post Toasties. Tune in next week to radio's most popular mystery comedy, The Adventures of the Thin Man, brought to you by Crisp Post Toasties, the basic seven food. Listen next week when Nick and Nora investigate the stolen jewelry racket and discover it's a short step from hot rhinestones to cold tombstones. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. I love the Swedish made uh, routine uh, by Nora Charles. That was a classic. And of course, a reminder of why husbands are well advised to always remember the anniversary. It's a nice blend of comedy and mystery. This episode's also the first one uh, where we get to hear Ebb Williams, who's actually a pretty fun uh, character. He's got this uh, Vermont uh, accent, at least that's that's kind of what where when I hear that it's on the radio, it's kind of a New England country accent. I don't know who plays him. It does sound a little bit like Joseph Kearns. We'll see if uh, we learn uh, later on during the series. We have a comment on Facebook from Zant, uh, who writes in, really like the Father Brown series. Too bad there were only two. Well, thanks so much, Zant. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, we are, I am actually looking at, in the near future, doing another uh, Chesterton story. The Man Who Was Thursday, uh, from the Mercury Theater. With Orson Welles uh, in the role uh, for one of our mystery specials. So much appreciated there. We'll be back tomorrow with The Amazing Nero Wolf. Send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Become one of our friends over on Facebook, facebook.greatdetectives.net. And follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, though, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.